Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's not another Buffalo podcast with John. Listen, the Patriots, the, the, the rookie wall, there's no such thing as a rookie wall with this kid. He's got a rag arm. He couldn't throw in that windstorm. The other guy threw the ball all over the park. Rando. The kid playing quarterback ain't our future. The future of the NFL is over in Buffalo. That guy, six foot four, 230, runs right by you. Throws it 90 yards. And Pat. And the other thing I want to say is, Belichick hasn't won just without Tom Brady. Come on, it's over. AFC goes through Buffalo for 20 years, not us. It's over. It's over. The AFC comes through Buffalo for the next 20 years. It's over. <laughs> that was a little Long Island in there, actually. It's over. A little farther, a little farther south, but... Ladies and gentlemen, it's over. Y'all, yeehaw, it's over up there in Buffalo. <laughs> Countrywide, nationwide, you heard it here first on Not Another Buffalo Podcast. The Oh, sh- dude. Brandon shot it so loud he disconnected his microphone. That's hilarious. <laughs> the passion. <laughs> yeah, I can't recreate that. that was just yeah, no, you can't recreate that. that. I lost it all, man. It all went away right after. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, every single time... Brandon accidentally unplugs his microphone. It stops the recording altogether. So that's going to be a really good half rant there for a second. <laughs> but uh, welcome to not another back-to-back podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando. And it's officially Patriots Week again for did, the third time. Did you time say back-to-back podcast? I, I did, yeah. What, is, what does that mean? Back-to-back AFC champs. Oh, yeah, because oh. it runs through Buffalo. <laughs> long, long week there, buddy. <laughs> A long well, night, AFC AFC East champs, hopefully AFC champs, but dude, jazzed right, up is right. an, an understatement, man. I'm overstimulated with what's happening in my life right now, so it's just like coldness, cold weather, and sports, and that's the consistence. And my cat, right, and, and the ladies. That's that's Buffalo in a nutshell, yes. right there, yeah. is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cap, what was your first impression, man, of this game on Sunday? Well, I had to pull out my credit card and get ready to buy one of those back-to-back AFC East Divisional Champs sweatshirts. I'm a size medium, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to do it before I do. But, um, I was Pat, literally there I with my you. boy. Pat, you, you got a debit card. Do I do you, have I'm, a debit card. Come on, I would never, I would never own a credit card. card. <laughs> I, literally, I only pay in cash and debit card. Um, <laughs> I can send you some PayPals maybe, but if you... Uh, anyways, yeah. John I'm trying to get... I only recently set up Pat with the PayPal. So literally, dude, I did not believe in cyber money. I didn't know how it worked really. We had to, but, we had um, to figure out some way to get you paid for your music, man. That's true. a but professional content creator, Mr. Pat Caprio. <laughs> that's, but, that's going a little bit far. I had a, I had Twitter, Twitter labeled one of our tweets and like notified my other account. You know how it sends you like tweet suggestions that it thinks you'll yeah. like, and it gives you like a category and so obviously I have, I'm running multiple accounts right now. I got our account for the podcast. I got my personal account. I've got the cap and co account and it labeled one of the not another Buffalo podcast tweets as sports journalism. And yes. I was like, yeah, it's going a little too far, but thanks Twitter. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> can now put that on a resume. Then if Twitter says it's true, 
No. Are you but, kidding, Pat? Pat, the very first day we heard we were coming on Buffalo Rumblings, he like changed his work status on Facebook to working for Buffalo Rumblings. Yeah, I did it on LinkedIn, so man. I did dude, it on that's LinkedIn. What I'm saying, thumbs bro, up, buddy. Gotta, thumbs up, yeah. Bro, you got to you got to be prepared. You know, if there's any other opportunity for me to just talk and um, potentially get um, handsomely compensated for it, you know, I'm always <laughs> handsomely always compensated for a handsome man, a handsome man, handsome voice. You were saying something about. What were you saying? You oh no, there? I'm just gonna get the I'm gonna get the back to back sweatshirts and oh, um, yeah. my boy Bronx Randy also he watched the game with me is very very excited. But this is a great time of year. Steve Tasker, did you see the the video he put out with uh, Daryl Taylor? <laughs> oh um, yeah, that was great. Quick Steve Tasker story. I, I'm at the stadium right, and I'm watching him. And this guy next to me is just such a boomer, right? And he's like, Steve Tasker, there's, there's no smoking in this stadium. If that was me smoking, they'd kick me out and arrest me. I can't even hit my vape. This is so stupid. Oh, who let him in here with that? I swear <laughs> to God, dude, I'm not even kidding. It was like an obnoxious amount of time. No one's answering him, right? He's standing there like by himself waiting to go down the stairs and he's just talking and talk. I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm at, there's nowhere else that I would rather be than right here, right now, but not next to you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, man, if you're a 10 time Pro Bowler, you can smoke in Highmark Stadium. Absolutely, man. You know, <laughs> the stadium banned all tobacco products like three or four years ago. No, we used to just play the game at the stadium between my coworkers. Like, how many people are we going to catch using a tobacco product or a smoking product? whatever it may be. And uh, no, the funniest one I ever have is just this guy's like in the trash can, like by the fence and he's smoking his cig. I was like, dude, I'm like, you're in like a garbage can right now trying to smoke this, like leaning totally in. So he's not caught. So Brando, give us some more, like, what was it like? What was it like at the stadium? And was the fourth quarter just kind of like a party, honestly? And like, what was it like Um, after the game? It was really cold. (laughs) <laughs> really cold. Like I'm not even saying that to be like. What was it like? 18 pouty. degrees, right? Like I mean, yeah, but it was really windy outside of the stadium. In the stadium, wasn't that bad. The first thing I said, like I said in our snaps, like in the lower bowl, there wasn't that much wind. You could see Josh could throw the ball, right? And uh, it was cool to see that Dawson Knox was out warming up in a cutoff. Like he didn't care. Um, but as soon as you stepped outside the concourse and you're outside walking, it got quite breezy. But it was pretty electric. Uh, they were loud. Fans were loud at the end. Um, the sacks on Zach Wilson, everybody cheered, had a big roar. I mean, eight sacks on him, one sack on, I believe it was Crowder, right? He went to throw the ball and, uh, yeah, we got him behind the line, but each, each big play, there was a roar and they just kind of get, kept getting louder and louder near the end of the game. And I know, uh, I think Murph made the call. I, I heard the highlight back, but it was that last sack. And they're going to punt the ball back with like, I don't even know, maybe like three minutes to go out of their own end zone, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the game. And I think the call Murph had was like, this will just about do it for the Bills AFC East Championship. And that punt was like really loud in the stadium as soon as they saw the punt team come on. And it was like, the Jets are conceding this game at this point. They're not going to try anymore. And uh, we had it iced. And then, uh, it just, it literally was plateauing and plateau or climax, climax, plateau, like, and it stated this like hum, this real loud buzz right through the end. And everybody went out for the handshakes. Did you see the one fan that, that jumped down? 
I did. Did you see the video yeah. of the guy trying to tackle him? Actually, yeah, he totally whiffed. It's like the hit stick that miss. I think I, I think I retweeted this with the the not another Buffalo podcast account. Maybe that's and how it, I saw it. Then it might yeah. have been, yeah. But it's yeah. it's so crazy how he literally looks like he's running in slow motion because you're so <laughs> used to seeing like really fast athletic people on football fields. So when you see a normal person, you're like, "Is something wrong? Is this video in slow motion?" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, it's like that same concept. Everybody thinks they can run a four five forty, a sub five second forty yard dash, yeah. and then you get out there and it's all set up. They did this for us uh, at a staff party once, and I was like, "I could break five easy and i was like everybody else is doing it they're getting like six like these fast people that i thought i knew and i was like <laughs> no way i'm like this is like are really this is not that hard and i went and did it i got like 5.0 5.0 5.0 times in a row and i literally threw up i, I threw up <laughs> next to the 40 yard dash time because i was like i was so determined to break five and i was like i thought i could do this and i just threw up yeah. but people look like there's slow motion out there and it gives you true appreciation to somebody like uh I don't know. Even Edmonds is pretty fast or Josh, like with his legs and digs on his brakes, just the way that they can move on the field is, you know, that's why they're paid what they're paid. Yeah. Oh, also just wanted to give a shout out to our giveaway winner, Andrew. He looked like he had a really good time at the game. So said a lot of good pictures. Beautiful. Yeah. Those are actually pretty good seats. Good job, Brandon, for snagging those. Um, But yeah, I can. Thanks for listening, Andrew. And uh, looked like he had a good time, but thanks for always a good time when they win. I'm sure he was loud. So, that's all we. Uh, that's all we asked for. Good. Hey, the <laughs> fact that he stuck it out at all during those temperatures is just like you know the people in that stadium were there for the the love of the game, yeah. right? It was Andrew's. Uh, it was his first Bills game actually too. So like your wish yeah. came true, Brando. You wanted to send yeah. someone there for the first Woo-hoo! time. So that's exciting. Yes, yes, yes. I was excited. Uh, but I'm glad Andrew got to go and uh, you know witness a Mount Rushmore moment for this franchise right now. Hopefully it. You know, hopefully it doesn't stay. Hopefully we got Super Bowl to hang up there. But like up to this point, home division title clinch at home. I said that twice because it's that important. You know, you get to see the icons play. Steph Diggs, cha-ching, cha-ching, Josh Allen. And, you know, people were hating on him. What do you think? What do you think of his performance? Um, Honestly, I, I don't have that much of a problem with it. Um, I, there was definitely some miscues and they had trouble. The offense had trouble going into the wind. I don't think it was because of the wind. It just happened to be those quarters. It seemed like, but it was massively worse into the wind. Like right. statistically, it, statistically. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was night and day, but, um, yeah, it just seemed like he wasn't on the same page as his receivers. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, Cause a lot of those option routes depend on reading the defense. And so if the quarterback and the receiver read the different defense differently, so without going back and intensely studying the film, I don't know if it was Josh who was off or the receiver who was off. Um, but yeah, I'm not concerned about it. Still had, you know, 200 some odd yards, two TDs. Stats weren't that great. He had like a 50% completion percentage, but yeah. The thing uh-huh. I thought was interesting is I think he was fired up right before this game. He knew that it was going to come down to his arm in the wind. If you saw some of those throws, dude, he had some gas on them. Oh yeah. When they're going off the fingertips of Cole or they're going off the hands of, I don't know, maybe Knox dropped one. Gabe Davis had a couple. Gabe Davis dropped one. um, Gabe Davis was, had three receptions and 14 targets. Now, obviously a lot of those were uncatchable, but that was a crazy stat. Yeah. And he had that one drop for first down that I remember and, and probably a couple others in there. But the, the only thing that I was like, 
My favorite, favorite takeaway from that game would have been what? The Bills allowed all of 58 yards, right? Okay. Total yards was 424 for the Bills to 53 for the Jets. Bills averaged 5.4 yards per play. Uh, Jets were 1.2. It was just, it was just abysmal. Five, five net yards passing. Five net yards passing. That's nuts, right? Like for an NFL franchise to hold them to that and have the number one scoring defense and the number one yardage defense too after this game. And zero pro bowlers. Zero pro bowlers, right? Like what? How? I, I don't care who you are. If you're a number one ranked team on that side of the ball in this day and age, well, you know what I found interesting about this defense too is the fact that like, I mean, for so much of the season, we talked about how this this team really can't stop the run. And then honestly, there's not that many teams in the playoffs that really run the ball primarily. So it's it's interesting how that all kind of worked out too. You know, in terms of, I mean, I, I would say like the, the Titans and the Patriots probably have the strongest rush attack, but it's, it's interesting how that didn't even end up being something that was like a season ender. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we thought it might be so... Yeah. Very interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against New England, and we'll get to that in a little bit. What you were saying, Pat, to go along with it, finally the NFL kind of rebalanced itself because if you look at all the division winners, it's all the elite quarterbacks now, right? You got Joe, Josh, I mean, Patrick. I, mean, I would say Tanny. Tanny, throw him in the mix. But he's still uh, the best Wentz. quarterback in their division, right? So their quarterback... <laughs> Which isn't hard to, in the AFC South, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, but. you're battling Carson Wentz, who had a good year, but obviously <laughs> his pants on Sunday. So no offense. I mean, we all have done it. You just did it on the most important game, probably of your career, honestly, at that point. like, So it's good yeah. to see that. And it's good to see teams like, I don't know, Joe Mixon could be scary if you played against him and on the wrong day, but Damian Harris, we're going to find out when he comes to play, but no, I'm glad that we're where we're at. We talked about that, right? Like we would rather have a, a, a bad run defense and a good pass defense this day and age. Yeah. All right. So, uh, obviously we all know that it's new England coming to Buffalo this week. That game is scheduled for Saturday at eight 15 PM Eastern. And that's on CBS. Um, so we're not getting Romo Nance because CBS has two games this weekend. So they're doing San Francisco at Dallas on Sunday. Really? Um, so Over yeah, New England and Buffalo? Yep. Yep. Uh, so we're getting, I mean, it's those Cowboys, dude. It's the Cowboys. And when the most handsome man in the NFL plays. You know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're getting Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. Oh, God. So give me, uh, somebody give me a prop bet on uh, how far into the game they're going to show a shot of Charles Davis holding the football. <laughs> good question no, I like Ian Eagle he, he's good I would call him Ian just to irk him but well, that's um, what Brandon did on one of the earlier podcasts which is funny he went on a whole rant about Ian Eagle it's like Megan versus Megan but anyways um. <laughs> same thing yeah so Buffalo's uh, Buffalo opened as four and a half point favorites uh, I'm not sure if that line will move honestly I don't know what could move that line except, you know, barring injury or weather updates or anything like that might only move like a half a point, but I think four and a half points is fair for, for a team that split. I mean, I think Buffalo clears that spread easily, but all right, well, let's, let's talk about the game that, you know, brought new England to Buffalo again, because 
I don't know if you guys stayed up to watch uh, the Chargers at Vegas, but if that game had ended in a tie or with the Chargers winning, then we would have had Justin Herbert coming to Buffalo, which I'd prefer the Patriots out of that matchup, but we can talk about that in a second. Did Pat, did you stay up to watch the end of that game? Did actually. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. What is strange. How, how Brian Flores woke up today and did not have a job and Brandon Staley woke up today and did have a job um, <laughs> is beyond me, dude. Watching the second half of that game, dude, this man went for it and did not get it. Jeez, I mean, it was probably like fourth and half a yard, but it was on like his own 21-yard line. Dog. I mean, granted, it was a great comeback and stuff, but then, you know, at the, at the end of the day, too, Bisaccio, um, I think that's his name, right? The um, Raiders coach. But anyways, dude, he ran like six consecutive run plays and like Josh Jacobs had just like been tackled with like 34 seconds left in the game and the clock was rolling. And like, you know, I, for whatever reason, I have no idea why you would call that timeout. Like, just uh, why? Are you trying to get a stop and then have Justin Herbert get the ball back and like potentially have him throw his, you know, last passes San Diego charging because he gets lit up on a Hail Mary? Like there's so much to do that wrong. I have no idea. No idea there's how a, he has a job. a lot to unpack there. Yo, Pat, I think you find this interesting because I, I was talking about this. I read an article about why this would happen before the game. And they were talking about game theory and how the U.S. and Soviet Union never had a nuclear war due to the simple theory. They don't trust each other. Somebody's got their, you know, the game theory is for them to win no matter what. It's that mindset of being there. And as soon as you lose the trust of somebody, which you are bred to never trust, like it'll never happen. And as soon as Brandon Staley called the timeout, it's like the prisoner's dilemma, dude. It's like, okay, you know, are you going to snitch on your buddy or, or are you going to do jail time? Or, you know, like it's just this psychology behind it is so interesting to me because it's just like, was, you know, that I, the, this, was that the Wall Street Journal article? Was it? I don't even remember who wrote it. I, th- I think my dad actually sent that to me. I couldn't read it because I don't have a Wall Street Journal uh, subscription. But <laughs> oh, it was it was a good article. It it was so funny. I was like, this is such a egotistical move to call that, and it's exactly what happened, right? Well, These I men know, in- I know it was going on in his head. That was a Sean McDermott timeout. That was a we want to get in the right defense. We want to see what your offense is going to show. Yeah. That was like a, a like a. It was a Sean McDermott timeout. Well, and, and that's, that's what's so dumb about it is like Josh Jacobs had like 90 yards on like eight carries in between the fourth quarter and overtime. And it's just like, I mean, wh- what do you think's going to happen? It, I mean, they, they just ran the ball four times in a row, but well, I, I get what you're was, saying, Johnny. He's, so you know, they lined up in shotgun formation and they had called a basic run to the left. Nothing crazy. That was literally the same exact play they had ran before. So they're like, just run it, run out the clock. It was a don't fumble type run. As soon as they called that timeout, they got into a good run play where they had motion. They had, it was a downhill blocking scheme and they were running to the left. So there's a good chance that if they don't call that timeout, they don't get the first down and then just, just let time run out. But they gained those 10 yards and obviously kicked a field goal to win. But I think that I was, I've been struggling to think of a metaphor for this. Like it's been going through my head all day because Brandon, what you said, it really is. It's the prisoner's dilemma. It's like these two teams, it's almost like it reminded me of like the wild pitch, like the White Sox when they threw the World Series. Like that was the sign. It's like you you needed to give the other team a sign like, hey, are we going to do this? You know? Yeah. Because it's like you're basically holding, you're like holding knives in each other's hands. Either one of you can go for it. And like, you know, if you win, you advance. 
But if you both do nothing, you both also, you also advance. <laughs> but if you win, you know you're going to advance. So it's like it's it was crazy. And that that timeout was such a Jeremy on WGR was talking about it, it was like everybody kind of woke up after that. And it was yep. like yep. like that was the sign, like, okay, we're still playing a real game here and we're playing to win. You know, because up until that point, it didn't feel that way once it entered overtime. You know, Yo, have you ever seen the movie The Hunt for Red October? Yes, with Sean Connery, James Sean Bond, Connery, Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, <laughs> Sam Neill, James Earl Jones. Isn't like, that with like the, the Navy ships and the submarines and stuff? Yeah. So this Russian sub is like it's a nuclear sub and they're trying to their mission is to be on the coast of the United States by New York. But their sub captain was like the. His wife had passed away this long time, like Admiral, and he wanted to defect. So he's got all these American ships chasing him. And they did this like cue. It was like they had to surface and like see each other. I don't know what it was, but it was like, okay, we're not going to shoot you with a torpedo. But he's like, his crew doesn't know about it. So it was like this accidental move that the crew thought was an accident, but Captain did it on purpose to let the American sub know don't shoot me with a torpedo. Cause I'm coming to defect. Cause it's like, they're, they're bred at that era of time to be like, we kill Americans, you know, we're never going to defect yada, yada, yada. And it's like, they didn't want to have a coup happen on the sub, but they needed that. And Brandon Staley took it away. Brandon Staley took it away. Yeah. And I don't even think he did it like totally consciously. It was just like, okay, we need to stop here. Right. Cause they're driving you know, and you got to hold them out of field goal position because they're right on the edge. But yeah, I don't know. It was a I, wild I, game aside from how crazy that scenario was and how far fetched it was too, because all the things that had to happen to get there, like the Steelers had to win. The Colts had to beat the Jaguars. I'm sorry. No, the Colts Jaguars had lose, yeah. Colts had to lose to the Jaguars. Sorry. Which was, you know, I feel bad for Frank Reich, but you know, I'm glad that we talked about this a week ago. I'm glad that there's no threat of the Colts in the playoffs. Like me too, as a Bills fan. But well, we literally said we're like, oh, there's no way that the Jags are going to beat the Colts to have this happen. Because I said it, I saw the tweet last week. I was like, yo, if they take a knee, they both yeah. make it, and it's like, well, no way, that's not that's not going to happen. I mean, it would be a pretty sweet game script developed to keep the fans engaged if it was to end up in a tie. So I mean. <laughs> I got plus Dude, five. I, I got that. plus five thousand odds on no touchdown scored, which obviously didn't happen. But I did get plus nine hundred <laughs> odds on the game going to overtime. That's so good. that's good. It's not bad. I, I thought about that, Pat. We just said like the game script because I'm sitting there in my room and I'm like about to go to bed, and I'm like, yeah, are they going to go to overtime? Like <laughs> organically, and Justin Herbert. Looked like he was putting his soul into every throw on well, his Well, dude, comeback. and then at the end, too, they could have gone for two and won the game. And they I were thought just they like, would, man. I probably oh, would, dude. right? You're two yards away from no, winning and going I, to the playoffs. See, I would not have gone for it there because, again, you could... Tie. If you tie, you're still going to the playoffs. You have more to gain from a tie. You don't have to win. You That's know? true. But, but you could again, lose the game there. Prisoner's and- dilemma, man. What do you like, right? I do. If you're going to go for 10 more minutes and just be chill with nothing, which is funny because I was like, okay, obviously that's not going to happen. So Justin Herbert throws that last touchdown, which was nice. It was a good throw and catch right on, right in the perfect spot that his guy needed it to be at. And I'm like totally drifting off into dreamland at this point. Cause it's three hours past my bedtime by the time this part in overtime is occurring. And I heard distinctly 
the Raiders take the lead with the field goal. And I'm like, I snapped right back into consciousness. I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. Like they only kicked a field goal. The Chargers are going to match it. Yeah. And like, that's it. That's going to be it. And it happened. And I, w- I fell asleep before the Chargers tied it. So I, I don't, I didn't know what happened until I got to school this morning. Herbert was insane. He converted, I think it was five fourth and longs during that game. I mean, there was like at least two or three on the final drive. Well, it that was last just, drive was, was like 20 plays. He was like playing like, out of his mind. And that's, yeah. that's honestly the reason why I'd rather see New England at this point, because yeah. Oh, yeah. Justin Herbert and that receiving core are potential game wreckers. Like, I know they came to Buffalo last year and they didn't have such a great game, but that that's something that I don't fear out of Mac Jones. There's no way Dude, that Mac Jones could put together those drives at the end of a game. Give me a rookie quarterback making his first playoff appearance on the road. It's supposed to be zero degrees with the wind chill, five degrees, zero degree wind chill. Like this little jewels, Mac Jones coming to Buffalo against big baller, Josh Allen, man, give me this matchup all. I don't care. You gotta, you gotta have a quarterback in the playoffs. They're not going to be able to win this game running the ball constantly. And that alone, like Justin Herbert could win a Super Bowl on his own in a fluky way, right? Like, like you're looking at, you know, 2011 Packers with Aaron Rodgers, a young Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, you got a young Big Ben and look at their receivers. They got Mikey Williams, Keenan Allen. We don't match up well against them. Their defense is bad. We could score on them, but uh, the Patriots are the team I want to play. Not only for the rivalry that we're building, but the talent gap that exists between these two teams. And obviously I want to see Bill Belichick shuffled out of here with his frozen little ass on the bench with that phone that he threw on the ground and Mac Jones being like, what didn't you let me throw more than six times coach? Like, yeah. <laughs> or him frozen to Josh Allen as he was trying to hug him would be pretty sweet too. Take and then have you. to like, <laughs> take me with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get a break in here pretty quick, and uh, we'll be right back with a Sabres update and uh, more on the upcoming game this week. Brag on, brag on. He's going to rag on. Brag on, brag on. He's going to rag on. Brag on, brag on. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's time for the Weekly Sabres Update. Hey, are the uh, Sabres playing the Patriots this week? No, they're not. This has been your Weekly Sabres Update. All 
I always like it. It's like when Keenan Thompson does what up with that. And he keeps saying that Lindsey Buckingham is going to come on the show and then <laughs> Lindsay never gets to talk. But. Uh, Bill Hader is Lindsey Buckingham is absolutely hilarious in that sketch. He's like, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So are, are we worried about Matt Hack? I'm sorry, Matt Hawk. Um, I do that every time. Are we worried about Matt Hawk in windy conditions on Saturday? Or do you think that was just like a, like a fluke game? Cause I don't think that they're going to do anything different in six days. Um, as far as the position, honestly, cause he's the holder too, but I know Brandon, you were there. What did those punts look like live? Uh, the one he dropped and messed up. We we're kind of like yelling at this, yelling at him. <laughs> cause like, I feel like he kind of dilly daddled a little bit. Like he could have gotten it off. I don't know, man. He didn't even try to kick it while he was running. Like he, he just scooted a little bit and then. Oh, well, he tried to, it. and then it went eight yards, right? Yeah, I don't know. It, it it looked like to me, the ball came fast, and it might have d- sailed up on him a little bit towards his face, whereas he might have been expecting it near his chest. Um, uh, was that like a wind thing? It, I mean, that is my breakdown of approximately two second clip that I watched twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so expert breakdown, but I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because apparently he's the holder for like the best kicker in the league right now. So um, if he can, I, I don't need a punter, man. I when we have Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Devin Singletary, do you want me to list all of our offensive players? Like, well, I mean, I, the the last time we played the Patriots, we didn't need to punt at all. So, all right. And really Tyler Bass can't punt once. Dude, I was literally thinking that man, like, I, I mean, know. I'm like, don't put Tyler Bass back there. He's going to, he couldn't do it once. On. Like what? Matt hack kicks the worst punt ever, but he, his leg like touches his nose and he tears his hammy. Tyler Bass can't kick once. I well, could I feel in that like- situation. I don't know who the emergency punter is, but. I don't know. It's rough too because I feel like he did kick the ball well. The only time we needed him to drop it inside, like the twenty yard line, <laughs> yeah. he did like boot that ball like fifty yards. But um, so I guess there is hope. But I don't think he's on the level of AJ Hawk or Tony Hawk. Um, you know, but <laughs> I think that's <laughs> perhaps fair. one day. I think that's fair. So in the first matchup, um, the Bills had five punts and the Pats had six. So if we see similar conditions, that was the win game. That we was only the win had five game. punts. Yep. And really? so actually, um, and obviously these stats might be skewed because I don't know how many punts each team had in each direction. Um, but the Pats averaged 42 yards per punt and the Bills averaged 46 yards a punt. And I know that there was one like 60 yard punt in that game or something like that. So that probably. That's interesting because they both dealt with the conditions. Right, right. So that's why I'm kind of thinking that the, the Matt Hawk thing is kind of a, a fluky game that just kind of threw him off and he got shaken a little bit, which isn't a good sign. You don't want to see that anybody having the yips, but um, in, in a field, in a field position type game, which I hope that this doesn't turn into, but I mean, if, if you're new England, that's what you want it to turn into, then, then you're going to need to, to be on his game. But if it, if it's like the second matchup, which I think we all hope it will be, then don't need to punt. Your offense is going to move it past the 50 every single every single drive you get. And uh, you can just go for it at that point. So Even if we just get one, right? He gives us one good punt in a game. I just don't want to see any eight yarders. And I don't want to see any blocks. And I, don't, I would rather have what happened 
happen, right? Because they had a short field and they limited to a field goal on that punt, right? Like that's all they got the ball to 20. They got a sack. They pushed them back to like what, right. the 30th well, and they kicked the field goal. That's the difference though. Is I think that the Patriots can take advantage of good field position. You know, the Jets obviously are the Jets. So, well, and we blocked a punt too. Don't let it be forgotten. You know, I, I want to make sure that we do acknowledge that, that that was a pretty sweet punt block as well. It was. Yeah. Cam um, Lewis. Cam Lewis. Yeah. That was a nice punt block. That was very nice. So I a special teams that. touchdown in this yeah. one, I feel like would be icing on the cake. Well, it's already, it's icing on the cake in like 89% of games as it is. Right. If you get a special teams touchdown, you win that often. So, yeah, I don't know. So some of the other keys to the game, I think we're looking at, I mean, obviously I feel like a boomer saying this, but you got to stop the run. Um, and, and honestly, let me pull up the stats from both of these games because the Pats actually, from a statistical standpoint, yeah, ran, ran the ball, the ball better in the well second game. In the second game, I think That's they fine. actually had a higher average yards per carry. Yeah, I mean, if you get up early in this game and you make Mac Jones throw, that's that's how the the Bills want this one to go. The Patriots want this to be the grind fest that it was the first time, and they want the Bills to have so much trouble stopping their run and nickel that they maybe switch to like a four, three or something like that. And that's when you start opening up yourself to running back on AJ Klein matchup nightmares and stuff like that, which is I'm sure what Bill Belichick hey, hey, wants. Hey, but hey, 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 let's, let's not call it a nightmare. You don't think it's a nightmare. AJ Klein in pass coverage on Damian Harris would be a nightmare. I think if AJ Klein's on the field, I don't think it's in pass coverage because I think Mac Jones won't throw the ball that much. And if it's Mac Jones throwing the ball, I think that's a they wash each other out. Like AJ Klein's deficiencies are not as bad as Mac Jones. And he's been good against the run. And they threw the ball three times, right? Uh, the first match. And if we if we have a mean in between, like if this one's gonna be really cold and not as windy, AJ Klein might play a role and he's he could be a good run stuffer. They could, they could use him for pressure. They could use him to set the edge. Uh, they made our young DNs look bad in the first couple meet, first couple of drives of that first game. So maybe he's a little stabilizer for us. I don't know, but I don't think it's a nightmare. I don't want to hate on him. That no, much. no, no. Listen, I, I like AJ Klein. I really do like, but again, the bills don't want to be in four three. They want to be in nickel, right? So if you're the Patriots, you want to get the bills into four three by running the ball really effectively at the start of the game. Right. And then that's where you want that matchup so that you're running to open up the pass as the old adage is that anyway, that's, that's what you want. Cause Mac Jones can throw underneath routes to Damian Harris all day. Like, I don't care how bad you are a quarterback. You can still throw check downs to, you know, a matchup mismatch and, and that's what they want to do. So, if they can stay in nickel and stop the run, that's the ideal scenario for the Bills because Taron Johnson is not to be messed with. He can still stop the run. Like, he's good at run fits. That's so. what I was just about to say. Did you see his third down stop? I think it was third and three. Trying to get the stop. I don't remember what side of the field we were, they were on. They obviously were not deep in our territory, but Johnson came up and made a nice stop. And it's like, you know, you don't see that every day from that kind of player. He plays like a linebacker, which is why, like you said, there's a, our defense is just so elite. I don't know. We're, I feel like we're nitpicking between Johnson and Klein because I think both of them could be successful because I just have that much faith in our, our staff to, to get them in the spots that make them successful. Exactly. It's really just about the situation at that point. That's, that's the, uh, the reason why you take one or the other. 
the bills are going to be primarily nickel like they always are and you know probably even some big nickel with a uh, big nickel with saran nickel in there as well but i have the some i have the rush <laughs> big nickel that's what they should call that's it funny. um i've got the running stats for both the matchups so in the first matchup new england carried the ball 46 times for 222 yards that's a 4.8 average and in the second matchup um new england had 27 carries so about half a little bit more than half for 149 yards and that's a 5.5 average so and we're feeling very different about the defense in, in both of those matchups. And not to mention the first one, I you know, that average goes way down if you take out that that t- that long touchdown that they let up. So, yeah, I don't know. If the offense hums in this one, I think the story of this one is not really the Bills' defense stopping New England because you know that they can do that enough. It's really just going to be about the Bills' offense scoring points. As long as they don't have the the lull that they did in the, in the first matchup, like they're going to be fine. And we saw that in the second matchup. Like they they scored points at will. They were moving the ball at will, never had to punt. So it's just about that offensive rhythm. And you know that Dayball is gonna have, I mean, I don't want to say he's gonna pull out all the tricks. Like I don't think they're gonna get cute or anything like that. But if they were holding back any part of the playbook at this point, like you're gonna see it this week because it's the playoffs. You don't hold anything back at, at this point. No, you're right, though. This, we are the big bully. We are going to dictate the game plan here. And like you said, Dable's ready for this. F- he's going up against his former coach to ideally putting a little feather in his cap for whatever job interview he's going on. I believe I just saw that. I think the Bears want to interview the Bears Frazier and, and Dable. They got, they're interviewing them both, right? Yeah. Which would be interesting. Leslie Frazier going back to the and Bears. And Joe Sheehan in with the Giants. Who is the guy that I knew in our front office? Who's he's the really was nice that the guy. one whose kid had a crazy yeah, arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Joe. Um, <laughs> so I and he's the guy who made the trade for Allen. He's the one that was on the phone negotiating with Atlanta while Brandon Bean was trying to deal and wheel another time. So um, they did this like behind the scenes, unplugged with him, and he did a bunch of interviews about that draft. And and uh, you know, I think he's a very high quality person so we'll see what happens there we could see some major change but i want to see i'm not going to think about that right now because we need to look at how they're going to dismantle this team and i really think they're gonna and they're gonna they're gonna take that to the bank yeah it's funny to look at what this matchup means to these two fan bases because not just because we all know how insufferable new england fans will be if they win this but we've talked about this before but the, the New England-Buffalo rivalry has really been one-sided. I mean, we think of them as our rivals, like, without question. But to them, we were just kind of a bump in the road twice a season for, like, what, 17, 20 years, honestly, like, the entire time that Brady was there. So these two teams have never met in a playoff game in the Super Bowl era, which is kind of interesting. It's the only AFC team that Buffalo has not faced in the playoffs. In the Super Which is Bowl weird because haven't we played the Dolphins a bunch of times in the playoffs too? Yeah, Dolphins. The Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, did you see it since 1963? Did you yep. get the ESPN That's, update? Yeah, it's pre-Super Bowl era. Yes. So really interesting. So three times this year. And honestly, I mean, we were talking about this before too, but both times we played the Patriots this year, it's been the biggest game of the year to that point. And this will be the third time. So. I think that's yeah. enough to ignite the rivalry. And I mean, if we win this one, Patriots fans are going to hate us. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good yeah. with that. <laughs> Bring it. How much does it mean to us though? Honestly, like after 
I mean, how many times, I mean, we have the highlight clip in the intro, like how many times did I throw a remote at the TV watching Tom Brady dismantle the bills, you know, twice a year, every single year. I mean, that's why we still remember a regular season victory in a year that the bills didn't make the playoffs in 2011, you know, with, with that. Yeah. You know, that that's a highlight game. And, and for a lot of franchises that would just be another game, you know, but we'll see because I don't know. I'm sick of Pat. I really liked how you did it last time. And I don't know if this is like off track or not, but I would really love to have a hero of the streak and be able to reference games where we beat new England. And yeah, it's not Fred Jackson diving down at the one yard line to run out the clock. Right. Like, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me a new one. Like Jay Dillow would say, working on it. <laughs> I no, I don't want to, I don't want to be a bummer here, but would you, do you guys want to know what the score was when, um, the Boston Patriots the last played the Buffalo Bills. Well, like nine to two. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like we lost here. What does it say? Twenty eight to six. Wow. Um, so fingers crossed that it's not a repeat of that. But well, I hope that we don't have any of the same players playing. I'm sure some Boston radio station has correlated the stats from that game to somehow be relevant for this this matchup. We smushed them last time we played them in the playoffs. We're gonna do it again. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, Pat, while you're putting your uh, your drought together, Brandon, what do you think about how many snaps Cole Beasley got versus Isaiah McKenzie and what the implicate? Do you think that that's... So he got about twice as many snaps as Isaiah McKenzie did. Do you think that that's going to be the trend this week as well? Honestly, their whole snap count for the receivers was interesting. And like you said, you already mentioned it about Davis getting the 14 receptions. There's mm-hmm. a lot of plays where... 14 targets. Was, 14 targets, yeah. He was on the field. Knox was on the field, Singletary, where they did the single receiver set or two receivers, tight end, running back, under eye formation. Um, but Beasley wouldn't wasn't out there. And then there were times that McKenzie and Beasley were out there together. And then there was times that McKenzie was out there by himself. And McKenzie got a handoff from the backfield, which was like finally, finally we've been begging for that. Like more yeah. and more and more. Like just a regular old school handoff. But I think it's gonna get closer. McKenzie's gonna get more especially yeah. against against New England. Um, Bill Belichick doesn't really have anybody to mimic that skill set. You know, McKenzie has been famous for playing Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley or whoever mobile quarterback came into town. McKenzie would play it on the practice squad, and I think that alone is something that Bill doesn't have that he can't really prep for. He's just going to have to you know, get his defense ready for the options that we have. I don't know. Cole has not been impressive all year. Maybe he's going to turn it up. We could use a couple of his third downs. I'm sure he's going to get a couple of catches, but I would see it's closer to 50, 50 in this game. I hope that they, they use Isaiah McKenzie the way that they should. And who knows, maybe that they, they were, I, I, I'd like to think that they were like stashing him a little bit. And that they yeah. were going to let him have, you know, the explosive performance that he did against the Patriots the first time. But I don't know. They they wouldn't have had him out there returning punts or kickoffs if they were trying to uh, to stash him or anything like that. So, and actually, it was I was looking at kick return statistics for these two matchups too, and I'll have to look. But Stevenson had a really good uh, return yard average. This was probably the Patriots game was probably his best game. Um, return wise, I don't know. I, I think we'll see Micah Hyde back returning punts. Honestly, 
I think McDermott trusts him the most. And honestly, like, not that this is a sign of anything, but my stomach turns the least when Micah Hyde's back there. Like, I feel the most confident about Micah Hyde's ball handling skills, you know, and Isaiah McKenzie did kind of muff that one a little bit. So I don't know if that got as you guys worried or not, but. Well, I mean, I would prefer Isaiah over Marcus Stevenson, even though I think, you know, um, both players possess skills. I, I just, like you said, I do feel my most comfortable when Micah Hyde's back there. And like, even when he was taking that ball off the bounce, man, all I could think about was that Miami Dolphins game where he took the onside kick, yeah. you know, on some like crazy the, the play that he shouldn't have fielded it. Yeah. Yeah. Micah just can't get hurt. I just, I need him out there. He, he runs that defense just as much as Tremaine and Jordan and Trey when they're out there. Um, but he was saying he was having a really hard time high pointing the ball, like seeing it in the sky. I don't know if it was the way that it was swirling, but he said, yeah, he was like, the play was just let it bounce, man. He's like, I can't see that. He's like, there's no chance for me to catch it. And that's why they made the switch because they thought he was better at fielding them off the grass than McKenzie was based on what he said on his post-game conference, which I thought was interesting too. I mean, that's probably a good choice, honestly. That's hard to do though. The footballs do not bounce normal, right? We don't, we all know that onside kicks are a thing for a reason. So you got to be able to have that skill set, which we're lucky that he does. But he also can has the skill set that he just wrecks people. So I would rather have him use that all the time instead of this. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I guess you can make the point too that if you're going to let him uh, field punts, it's okay to do it in the playoffs because you know if you were having him return punts all season, I think that there'd be there'd be enough of a sample size where I think you could say that there's a significant risk, not significant, but enough to notable. You know. If it's just for playoffs, like I think it'll be fine. You ready for the ready for the standout of the drought? I'm ready, boys and girls. Please remove your hats, lift your drink, and shut your trap as we salute this week's standout of the drought. All right, gang. Um, today, like I said, no more. Standouts of the drought. We're talking standouts of the streak dog. Okay. So today I want to talk about a Buffalo Bills player who, when coming here in 2018, made a huge impact. I mean, statistically, I, I would never say that he, he really had any great years. His highest total amount of sacks in a year was only nine. Um, this player played his college football at Stanford University, um, played his first two years with uh, American football icon, Mr. Andrew Luck. This player played defensive end, middle and outside linebacker. Um, his measurables at the NFL draft uh, way back in 2014. Um, he ran a 40 and 4.86. As a senior in 2013, he was all Pac-12. This player was selected in the second round, 47th overall in the 2014 draft. Um, he went on to have three pretty good seasons um, for the Washington Redskins. He was on that team when um, they, you know, basically ruined RG3's body by making him play hurt in a playoff game. Um, funnily enough, uh, this player was able to come to the Buffalo Bills after being suspended for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Believe it or not, um, even though this player only played three years, um, I really have some very fond memories of this man in a Buffalo Bills uniform. Um, I, I mean, his best year statistically was 2009 and he only had five sacks, but he will forever in my mind be two things. One, the athletic doppelganger of Mr. Sean McDermott 
And number two, the guy who knocked out Lamar Jackson in that playoff game last year. Um, you boys have any idea who it might be? He's not on the team right now. A lot of people hated on him on talk show radio. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the backup linebackers <laughs> from last year. Because I, you had me well, confused. He was, like, he was really in his twilight years. Like 2018 was probably his best year as a Buffalo Bill, um, but 2018 and 2019. But he was like um, played a lot opposite of Jerry. Um, no, I'm it's trying, not Lorenzo, right? No, it's not Lorenzo because I couldn't. Who think are you going to say there, Johnny? I thought I heard it come out of your mouth. No, it's it's not Lorenzo. No, it's not Lorenzo. No, but no, but similar uh, style player. He's the guy who can you t- go back in your mind and think of that play where Lamar Jackson gets the intentional grounding almost in like on the one yard line. Oh, I, I was can, watching I it. Can live. I remember see this. this guy's face. I can't believe I can't remember. Oh, has oh a very Irish oh, last oh, name. It's, oh, it's Trent Murphy. Trent Murphy, man. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, wow, I if he if he didn't get caught juicing, he probably never would have been a Buffalo Bill, and Lamar Jackson might have had a Super Bowl. But you know what? Wow, the, uh, the butterfly effect is real. The butterfly effect. Yeah, I was too that caught steroids. up. On, I was too caught up on linebacker. You know, I obviously yeah. played linebacker and defensive end and stuff like that. But dude, I had, I had no idea. You got me, buddy. And I'm like, I pride myself on this knowledge. Like, <laughs> Yeah. A very average player, but yeah. like I, I did enjoy his time. But he <laughs> was on. Do you remember last year? He was like the cap crunch. People were like, "Do we cut him this year?" Which would have been last year. Do we cut him in twenty twenty? Yeah. I mean, and he played out all game, three years of his deal. The one game that made his check worth his paycheck was the Ravens game. He had a good playoffs for us. I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. Definitely. Uh, he was he was the first spaghetti that they threw at the defensive line wall. Yeah, well, not the first one, but one of the Yo. one of the most significant. Just throwing throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what will stick. At what yeah. age did you learn that you could throw spaghetti on the wall? And it was uh, I don't know, probably like nineteen when I first heard that phrase. I did it at Sam's house the other day, you and did she it? like she Wait, like, you threw spaghetti. Was what? it? Was it was not, this is not. No, no, no this dude, is not my, weird to do that. My, my yes, roommate and I would is. probably yeah, we'd be weirded out. Um, <laughs> It was you one noodle, man. Was there sauce it. on it, though? Was there sauce on it, or was it like just no, out of the pan? No, it was straight out of the pan. Okay, well, there's no sauce on your wall, I guess, but still, no. I mean, what, to, to prove a point, like one of those like sticky hands you get in a vending like, machine? It done? It's exactly what it is. And she looked at me like I was Frankenstein, and I'm like, is, do you never do this? She's like, okay, did you no, throw the spaghetti the out you just after don't do it. it came off the wall? Did you, did you throw it you out? Gotta eat you, it, eat it? you gotta eat well, it, dude. You gotta eat it. Well, actually, it's funny, because I... <laughs> I they're like they're long they're like they're very much like strings and we have two cats in the house right and one of them is very large so she wanted it so i was like we were playing i was having her chase the noodle and then she ate some of the noodle and then i gave it to the cat so um i did not eat the one i threw on the wall but the cats did but no i'm (laughs) i guess you two just prove her right by uh the reaction that you gave me wow i feel like if anybody here has actually done that I mean, I live by tweet myself, so I'm not judged by tweet anybody. Us, tweet oh, us your uh, picture of spaghetti on the wall, please. <laughs> we would like to see your spaghetti on wall. Do you want your noodles with a side of drywall and lead paint, dude? You yes, don't please. eat it. You don't serve that one. You just do one, just to make sure, bro. But that would be like a great like Home Depot paint commercial. Yeah, that would be spaghetti good. sticks. <laughs> Smear free, life proof, spaghetti proof. But I'm pretty yeah. sure people throw spaghetti uh, on the wall in Home Depot commercials to to show how easy the paint can be washed. I feel like that is maybe it's a Lowe's commercial. I don't know, but you're not too so. far off that. 
<laughs> wow. I'm like kind of shook right now. I can't believe you guys said that. I would have eaten it just to see how my wall tasted. But see, you know, when you first said me. it, I was imagining you like <laughs> picking up an entire like handful of spaghetti covered in sauce. Maybe no, like you're a, just talking a single maybe string, just like right? a meatball yeah. in there too, and Wall's just chucking that at the wall. No. <laughs> like, I don't waste food like that. Your landlords like must be nice. <laughs> Yo, she's a sweetheart, except I just had to drop her rent check off because she doesn't take Venmo. And to get a checkbook costs like $60 for my bank. And Bro, they're supposed to give that to you for free, man. Didn't didn't you get one like when you had your first communion or whatever? Probably like 20 years ago. <laughs> True. I don't know where mine is. I couldn't write like a check either. seven full checkbooks that I got for free when I opened an account and I'm never going to need a checkbook ever again. It's the only expense and it's stupid. So I pay my rent and the... I have to drop it off. She remember, I'm not complaining. She's great. This place is not bad. Um, so I, but I, you know, who sells money orders the cheapest ever? Western like Union, Walmart, right? No, they charge like five bucks or like ten bucks, depending on what the balance, what you get it for. But you know who does it at the same price every time? Who? BJ's. A dollar ninety-five. The late, the great, twenty-four hour Seven Eleven, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so that's I why there were mad people in 7-Eleven. That makes so much sense. Man. I go to 7-Eleven, I use the ATM, I get the cash, but they only do a f- up to $500. So I have to get two. So I have to get two money Two orders. Reese's Pieces, small. <laughs> so, no, you can't. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they just do it. It's like two bucks and it's, so it makes my rent four dollars more. But I have to drive it and drop it off. Like I said, this is an educational podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody wanted to know that, right? But like... <laughs> But you can't go to 7-Eleven and not get a, like a, a delicious snack, dude. Like it's just, <laughs> Obviously. They just lure you in with Yo, the cheap prices. The, the new thing I've been buying, I don't know if anybody here has ever had them, but they're the like the healthy donuts that they used to serve in schools. They're like the protein donut. They get like six grams of protein, but they have a little sugar. They sell them at 7-Eleven. Really? And then I buy the strawberry banana naked smoothies. So I, I got two smoothies and two donuts. And the lady looks at me and she's like, wait, you got lunch and dinner here? And I was like, well, dinner and breakfast. Nice, nice. It's such a mystery why you have indigestion problems, dude. It's not unhealthy. Those donuts are good for you, (laughs) and those smoothies just—you know—I drink like half of them. The straw nana is pretty good, but I—you—you go with blue machine at all or or green machine? I don't. I don't. I'm already adventuring out of my comfort zone, bro. I'm telling you, blue machine. Next time you go to get a naked smoothie, blue machine will blow your mind, bro. I'm telling you, I'll try it. So good. All right. Well, I think on on Friday we're gonna have a good episode because we'll do uh, some wild card Brando's bets and wild card picks. So we still got six games on the docket, which is good. It won't won't go down in number until the week after that. Nice. But we had an interesting week. I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything about the scoreboard. But I was pretty uh, excited. Yeah, Brando's bets hit fun. in the first half. So yeah, it did. so that was that was pretty good. Yeah. But, Everybody I work with, they see me cheering like Devin Singletary's run on that first play. I'm like, go, because I had Singletary's rushing prop. I had Diggs' rushing prop. And I'm just like, they're all like, how many catches he's got? He's got four. <laughs> he's got four. <laughs> Yo, that's five. Oh, Brandon, he's got another one. Yes, he does. Like, let's go. So I was, was, I was so mad because a lot of these apps won't let you parlay weird parts of the game sometimes. And it just yeah. says like some of your picks can't be parlayed. I tried to yeah. parlay Devin single two plus TDs with the digs uh, props that we had and it wouldn't let me do it. That, Bro, probably, that probably would have been like out nice. Yeah. That would have been like plus 800 odds yeah. or something like that. But I was anyway. able to get them where it was. They're each on a touchdown. Digs had to have more than seven. Singletary had to have 80 yards rushing. 
and the Bills had but to she win. Which was just at like 86 or 87, which yeah. is sweet. So that's what I, that was my big winner. But we'll talk more about that on Friday. Nice. Well, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at NoutBuffPodcast. But yeah, we'll be back on Friday. And it's, it's wildcard week. It's Patriots week. So it's playoff football Friday. Playoff baby. football. Send us your spaghetti picks. You know? <laughs> but, um... All right. I'll see you Send guys on noodles. Friday. Noodles. Noodles, yo! <laughs> Bro, said noodles. Oh my god, dude. We gotta like trademark that right now. <laughs>